I have to say it really is beautiful out here today. <laughs> really appreciate being with you guys. Recently, uh, a photo was, uh, was posted to social media, and um, it, it captured for this man a, a moment of, I might say, ridiculous uh, indiscretion. Um, it's the kind of photo that, you know, there'd be some laughs around the office and, and so on, but uh, ultimately it w- would probably just kind of be forgotten, get buried in a, in a social media feed, and, and be lost. Uh, but not for this man. And the reason is that he was the president of a prominent Christian university. And so it turns out uh, for this man, uh, this photo that's posted led to a series of events that, um, that cost him his job, it cost him reputation, it damaged reputation of, of the university. And um, the fact is that the average Joe or the average Jill uh, can get away with things that the president of a prominent Christian university just can't get away with. And so the reason I tell you this story or bring this up is because of this. If you are a child of God through faith in Jesus, uh, you have a much more prominent position than the president of a Christian university. You are a child of the king. You are... Uh, a child of the king representing the king as his ambassador. And we need to wrap our minds around the role that we've been placed uh, here for. Uh, you belong to another kingdom, not just as a citizen, but as an ambassador of that kingdom, as, as royalty, as an heir of the king. And so in your task as a royal ambassador, uh, this is our big idea today as we look at this passage is live like royalty. <laughs> in the very best sense of that term, live like royalty. And uh, if you're following along in the notes uh, in your bulletin or the notes posted online, uh, that's our main uh, idea for this moment. Uh, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. A child of the king representing the king. So we've been uh, spending the last... 17 or 18 weeks uh, in the book of Proverbs, and uh, this is the penultimate sermon today. Next week we will wrap it up, a passage I've been looking forward to. Um, but throughout this book, we see that, uh, that God's wisdom, throughout this book, it encourages this lifestyle of wisdom that permeates kind of every aspect of our life. Uh, our relationships, our, our money, uh, the things we eat and drink, uh, the way we do business, uh, the way uh, we interact with government, and uh, the way we interact with our own emotions, and all these things. It, cap- it encapsulates you know, all of life. And so I have entitled this whole sermon, The Life Well Lived, um, bringing all of your life under the conformity of, of godly wisdom that is practical and moral and spiritual, as, as we've talked about. But I think as we see uh, how all-encompassing wisdom is, that it might start to feel um, kind of oppressive <laughs> to live up to that kind of a standard. Um, you know, can't we just goof off a little bit? You know, uh, a little indiscretion here and there. You know, a little, you know, sometimes I just want to lose my temper and, you know, vent a little bit. A little white lie, a little slander, you know, a little... You know, playful flirtation, whatever it might be. It's like, do I have to, you know, rein in all of my life under this, you know, umbrella of wisdom? 
Well, the problem with uh, a little bit of folly is that you, as a child of God, are not a common citizen. <laughs> you are royalty. You are a child of the king. You are sons and daughters of the king of the universe. And so when we get our minds around that, it should shape the way uh, we view how we live our lives and how we, how we interact with each other. Uh, I remember as a high school kid going into my youth pastor's office and he had a plaque on the wall that said uh, something like, others may, I may not. You know, this simple little statement that's like, okay, you know, people do all these crazy things out there. People have different convictions. People have drawn different conclusions. But, but for me, I'm going to uh, take this, this high road. I'm going to uh, live uh, like a king. I'm going to live like I belong to the king. And so our passage today in uh, Proverbs chapter 30, the first nine verses, is about how to act like a royal, how to act like uh, kings and like queens. And so uh, for the last several weeks, we've been jumping around topically, but today we're going to be staying in this one passage, so it hopefully won't be as frustrating to try to follow along. Proverbs 30, verse 1 starts like this. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. So an oracle, um, it's like a weighty message. Um, this, this heavy message f- uh, from a mother to uh, her son who happens to be king. This is the oracle, how, how to act like a royal. And uh, verse 2 says this. Here, here's mom speaking. What are you doing, my son? Have any of the moms ever said that to their son? (laughs) So, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? That phrase, what are you doing? um, In Hebrew, it's really just one word that just means what or who or why. It's just the basic question word. So it's, you know, what? (laughs) What are you doing with your life? What will you do with the years uh, ahead of you? What will you become? What, 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 my son or my daughter? And so then she launches into uh, three uh, lessons for those who, um, who are royalty. Those who are uh, our nobility. And here's lesson number one. Royals care about moral purity. Royals care about moral purity. That's uh, mom's first lesson. Probably not the first, definitely not the last mom to emphasize this point to her son. So verse three says this. Do not give your strength to women. Or your ways to those who destroy kings. So, women is uh, a weak spot for, you know, most every young man or every old man for that matter. And uh, and mom brings this up. Um, weak women is this weak spot, but being a king means uh, it's a particular danger because as a king you can generally have whatever you want. Um, you know in the times of, of monarchies. We see uh, this played out in David's life where uh, it became a, a real place of ruin for him because the king could do whatever he wants. And uh, so mom's saying, um, there is a kind of temptation, there's a kind of dangerous person that you might interact with in life who is the ruin to the mightiest of kings. 
sons, as sons and daughters of the king who represent the king, uh, we need to embrace just a higher standard in this area. Our, our culture has all kinds of, you know, funny, funny rules and ideas and, uh, or lack of them about this whole topic. But as sons and daughters of the king, we are called to a higher standard. We need to be setting, you know, uh, wide, clear, important boundaries in our lives of the things we, we watch, how we interact with, with people that we, we work with, uh, the things we fill our, our minds with, where we go and with whom. In the Me Too generation, we, we, we can't afford to be a statistic in that. We need to walk a higher path. And if people think your standards uh, are, are prudish, uh, just remember, well, I'm royalty. <laughs> I, I can't go there. Let me just add a little clarification here. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to dial in my, my vision height with my thing, and it's kind of stuck. We should edit that out of the, the final take here. But. Uh, clarification. This is not about you being uh, the moral police. Uh, this is about your own moral purity and walking a higher road. Because sons and daughters of the king just realize that there's just way too much at stake. Royals care about moral purity. Well, sexual indiscretion is not the only way to ruin a king. And so mom launches into um, this next section. Uh, lesson number two, royals care about what I'm going to call mental clarity. <laughs> Royals care about mental clarity. And uh, in verses 4 to 7, uh, mom gives this warning about the mind-numbing effects uh, of alcohol. Uh, let me just read it for you, verses 4 to 7. It says, it's, it's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what's been decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. Give the strong drink to the one who's perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. So it's one thing for a commoner on, you know, on, on death row to drown his or her sorrows or, um, or at, at end of life and, and Medicaid or whatever it might be. But uh, the main point that mom makes here is that's not for kings. It's not king, for kings to, to, to blur, have a blurred mind. Uh, your job is too important. There's too much at stake here. Um, the, mo- most commentaries uh, agree that uh, this is probably not some blanket statement um, uh, against a king drinking any alcohol because we, we see wine in the, in the courts of the kings. Um, but it is a blanket statement about the seriousness of keeping a clear mind and against drunkenness and against uh, being uh, not at your very best when you have such a, uh, a high task that you're involved in, with. It takes uh, very few drinks for a king to act like a commoner. <laughs> um, takes very few drinks for, uh, for a child of God to start to um, have a, a, a snarky, say, hurtful things in their, in their household or to make poor decisions or to, to lax uh, morals or, or on and on and on. And so Lemuel's mom says, this is a really important place. Uh, you don't want to have a cloudy mind. And, and of course, now we have a, 
a wide variety of ways that we can cloud our minds, uh, legal and illegal ways, and and even just things like like this the stuff we watch that's so mind numbing. Um, here's a, just a quote from Amelia Strickland, University of Florida. She summarizes some of the research on the connection between. Um, the amount of time spent on, on social media, like Facebook or whatever, and and on uh, mental health. And she says, the current research indicates that there's a connection between increased social media use and deteriorated mental health in areas like depression and narcissism and anxiety. So the person that's just spending hours and hours a day just in this um, imaginary world, um, it's just another way that we get fuzzy minds. We get out of touch with the way that things really are. Um, at least seven times I found in the New Testament, um, mostly from Peter and Paul, they say, be sober-minded. Ha- have a clear head. Uh, y- you have this important role here on this planet, and you need to be sharp-minded. Uh, one of those times is in First Peter one thirteen. He says, therefore, prepare your minds for action and be sober-minded. Royals uh, care a great deal about mental clarity. And, and why uh, a couple of reasons are given here. Verse 5, uh, lest the king uh, drink and forget what's been decreed. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to forget what, what our task is here. What are the rules, uh, etc., what's been decreed. But, but secondly, in verse 6, it says, lest you pervert the rights of all the afflicted. And there's this thing about having a, a fuzziness of mind where we tend to think uh, just about ourselves. And uh, we lose track of our role to, um, and our obligation to those uh, around us and the needs there are and the, the inequities and the injustices. And so from here she launches right into the third lesson, and it's this. Royals care about defending equity. This is the job of kings and queens. Royals care about defending equity. Uh, Not home equity, but equality, justice. Uh, Verses 8 and 9, mom says this to kings and queens everywhere. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth and judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So open your mouth for the mute, for those who don't have a voice, those who, who can't speak, those who, uh, who can't vote, whatever it might be. For the voiceless, be a voice. Be an advocate uh, for those who are di- at a disadvantage, who are, who are destitute, who are impoverished. Defend the rights of all who are destitute, she says. Uh, that phrase literally, destitute, it, the phrase is literally the sons of passing. Uh, it's kind of a, a quirky little way of saying those who have kind of been given up on, they're on their last leg, those who are, are, are sentenced to die, etc. Those who the world is just kind of uh, abandoned. Defend the rights of those who are destitute. And so... Uh, I want you to just imagine you're in a you're in a big city, um, crowded city, and maybe this is the very reason you've moved to a place like this. But uh, imagine you're, you're just walking downtown and you see this series of of injustices, <laughs> this series of things that just are not right. 
um, maybe see a kid just kind of scurry off of a bus and, and sort of hustle on his way with his backpack because there's uh, older kids on the bus that, that are bullying him because of his ethnicity. Or maybe an elderly man's being pushed in a wheelchair and he's kind of insulted and, and handled roughly by his impatient caregiver. Or an immigrant couple's overcharge as the vendor suspects they don't understand the pricing that's on the, on the, um, on the description there. Or a young waitress, she tries to hide bruises with long sleeves and makeup. Her coworkers suspect a domestic abuse, but they're afraid to get involved. And on and on and on. You could walk through. The more people you see, the more you see things that just are not, are not right. Where there's a power differential and people are taken advantage of. There's inequity. There's destitution. There's weakness. There's poverty. Well, the common citizen could just walk on and, and shrug it off. Ah, that's... That's how times are. That's how the city is. That's what goes on here. This is 2020. Um, But imagine you are uh, the child of a king walking through that same land and seeing all these things take place. You you are compelled to say something, to, to do something, to make things right, to make a difference in the world around you. Granted, uh, we shouldn't be um, misled to believe that we can fix all these things. Uh, Jesus himself said something like, you're always going to have poor with you. <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be uh, inequities. Uh, but as a child of a king, you should pay attention and do something. We should be moved um, by the same motivation that King Jesus was moved by. And his motivation, at least six times, maybe more, in the Gospels, uh, his motivation is described with this one word, compassion. He looked around. He saw things that weren't right, and, and he was moved internally uh, to make them right. Just, just one of many references, Matthew nine thirty six. She says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. <laughs> they, they were lost. They had, they had all kinds of problems. They need all kinds of help. And uh, instead of just, you know, walking on by, oh, that's just the way things are. That's how this generation is. He is moved with compassion. So being a child of, of the king, um, being, being royalty, I, I'm trying to convince you today, is that uh, this should change everything for us, the way we, we view our role uh, on this earth, to view our role in, in this town and in our, you know, in our community, in our families, etc. Uh, by living by this higher standard of moral purity and mental clarity, um, you know, to, we, uh, others may, we may not, attitude. And, and also to just take ownership of of the task around us uh, to uh, defend uh, equity, to see that, that justice is done, to see that people are not taken advantage of, people are, are not uh, exploited. And so Lemuel's mom says to her, her son, the king, it's like, Lemuel, don't forget who you are. <laughs> you're, you're royalty here. Act like a royal in the very best sense of that word. And so our challenge today is, is simply this. Embrace uh, nobility. Uh, because I think that uh, we might feel under the weight of, of this uh, glorious picture of what a life well lived looks like, um, a life uh, ruled by wisdom. We, we might feel constricted by that. We might kind of shy away from that. Um, we might say, well, man, maybe I don't want to be a king every day. I don't want to be a queen every day. Um, but uh, like Lemuel to his son, 
Um, act like a royal. Em- embrace it. Embrace nobility. Don't look up the way at the way of wisdom as an unwelcome burden, but as a noble, beautiful calling. So, I I'd love to just pray for us as you can go ahead and put your notes away. We're going to transition to a time of of uh, the Lord's table. Um, we'll invite our our worship team to come up. But let me let me just pray right now. Lord, we we feel like just regular people, and in in most ways we are. And yet, at the same time, if we have placed our trust in Jesus, in King Jesus as our Savior, then uh, you've made us uh, heirs of your kingdom. You've made us heirs of your kingdom, and we we belong to you, and we have. Uh, we have a grand, noble task ahead of us as you have left us here as your ambassadors. May, may we embrace this and live as sons and daughters of the King. For your glory, amen.